0: hello and welcome to another episode of ladies with tradies how to stop shit hitting the fan in love life and business i'm very excited today this sunny wednesday morning to be chatting to the beautiful mel mckibben so mel's one of our newer newest coaches but very very experienced and I feel it's my duty to push her out there to the world so that you can all hear how fabulous she is. And if you're lucky, one day she might be a coach. How good would that be? So welcome, Mel. Thanks for jumping on with me. Kate, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. So um, this is really about how people can get to know a bit about you, Mel, um, and understand where you come from in the work that you do with us here at Ladies with Tradey. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you even end up here?
1: Oh, how did I end up here? That's a great question. That's one of my favourite questions, actually, because I still remember getting the text. Oh, no. Well, message from, from you, Kate. Um, offering an opportunity to work with ladies with tradies and oh my god I was so excited I think I lost sleep that night but anyway um, a bit about me oh uh, where do I start my um, if you look at my career and my work background it was all in corporate I pretty much grew up in corporate I was a week off turning 15 when I started my first um, job as an office um, uh, junior and just worked my way up um, through just wanting to know more and wanting to know more about how these businesses ran. And um, I worked with big brands like Avis Budget Group and, you know, Qantas was my client and um, I just loved learning more. I'm not an academic. I wasn't good at school. I dropped out in year 10 um, and just worked my way up. And that ultimately led me to owning my own business. So um, I have twins they are identical girls they're they're, um, currently nine and when they were three I decided that while I was working four days a week in quite a um, stressful demanding job that had me traveling all around Australia and New Zealand uh, I would buy a business Mm -hmm. so I did juggle that for a while but then realized as you do
0: when you got three-year-old twins yeah
1: <laughs> I've got a very patient husband and supportive husband I must say. So yeah, that's um pretty much what, a little bit about me and um yeah, my background and I guess I decided that I just really loved business itself. Uh which ultimately led me into coaching. Uh and I run alongside ladies with traders with my own business. Uh, as well as coaching uh, with ladies with tradies and um, I just love I just love it I love working with business owners love helping people I love all that stuff that business owners hate you're do.
0: you right you're right we'll get into a bit of where your groove and your jam is later on Mel I think so so tell us about your businesses because you, you know you You know, you've just you went through corporate, you made that decision when the girls were three. Tell us what you got up to.
1: I bought a an already established business. So I bought our local female gym. Uh and I had been a member there for some time. And the opportunity the thing is, I always wanted to own my own business, but I never knew what I wanted to do.
0: Mm.
1: And I've it's kind of how I've gone through life. I just kind of I want to say wing it um I just kind of go with it see what I what I learn and where things take me which uh, makes my, sense. my version
0: of that Mel is I've always just said yes and then googled that shit later oh hell yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yes absolutely um and it's fun like it's a bit of adrenaline you know um so, yeah, so I yeah, I took on the business, I took on the clients, I took on the terrible way that the business was ran uh and and the team and all the challenges that come with that, and it was actually through that process that I realized that it wasn't female health and fitness that I was interested in, it was the business side of things itself. I loved running the business, uh, I didn't work a lot in the business mm-hmm. i I really set it up, and I think I Oh, well, I know that came from everything I learnt in in the corporate world, and and because I've really worked through the different levels in in the corporate world and the different departments, and <clears throat> pardon me, uh, and seeing how business actually works, it was easy for me to come in as that owner manager, then kind of that PT that bought themselves a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Mel, I want to just come back. A couple of steps to a part that I think will resonate with both our tradie and lady listeners out there so you finished up school in year 10 and that I just love that because I think more people should do it I think I don't think school is designed for everybody and so often we'll come across both the men and women in our world who will have this, they'll have a negative attachment to that. They'll say, oh, but I, I didn't finish school or I haven't got any university degrees, the wives in particular, I need to do a bookkeeping course or I need to this or I need to do that. Tell me a bit about your experience. I mean, we know we've just kind of been those people that go and I'll just Google it and work it out later. You say you're not an academic. You know, tell us a bit more about that because I think people will relate to that side of who you are
1: interestingly it was actually the careers advisor at school I was all ready to go back to school I had the uniform ready to go for year 11 uh it was the day of my Japanese exam that my teacher my teacher told me I'd get a better score if I didn't turn up to it so (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't turn up to it and um the careers advisor rang me that day and told me about this opportunity to go to secretarial school because it was back then in the 90s uh and at first I said no, and my mum was like, you should really think about that. So I went to work that day because I was working as the office junior. So I used to, I used to oh, catch a bus and a train into the city after school every day. I'd work for two hours, $5 an hour, and then catch the train back another half an hour, 45 minutes home and did that every day, Monday to Friday. So I went to work that day and I kind of spoke to my boss because the seed had been um, planted and said, would you give me a full-time job if I took this on at the end of it? And they said, yes. I was like, sweet. So that was it. And I didn't look back. So I went, and le- I went to secretarial school and learned all this computer stuff that I don't think it's all obsolete now. But I learned how to touch type. Best thing I ever learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm actually really against the pressure that's put on kids to finish school and do their HSE. Mm. It's ridiculous. You know, my actually my brother um, is a qualified Sparky mm. and he actually did, he, he was the academic. He went to year 12 and, and I still remember my mum saying, you could have left in year 10 and done this. Mm. So yeah, look, there is no course, there is no education that teaches you what how to actually run a business yeah and what actually happens in the day-to-day of running a business it doesn't exist I've done my diploma in management which was more about kind of more about team management so I did learn a lot of about that but it didn't teach me how to run a business yeah. and I have done my TAFE course in I don't know something or other about um oh new small business that's right but, again, it doesn't teach you the, the day-to-day. So, seriously, if you're considering yeah. it, don't waste your time.
0: Yeah, and, look, there will be a few tradie mums out there, I reckon, that will be who are wondering. Um, and Kel, our beautiful admin uh, manager, she her son's going through this process at the moment, which is really exciting because she's like, ooh, I'm, I might be a tradie mum soon. And I think, you know, my our brother, Gareth, he, he um, did the um, school-based apprenticeship and uh he got he did get to the end and he did do year 12 but he wasn't interested it was just a social outing for him but he was more he was very embedded into dad's business by that time so i think it's um i love that what you're going to bring you bring to this business especially working with the ladies and tradies who do have a bit of that self-sabotage or the dialogue that says, oh, but I haven't done anything to qualify as a business owner. And exactly what you said there, you don't need it. You've just got to have the right people around you. You've got to know where to look and you will find your own groove through it. Um, anyway, so no, that's really cool. I love that. So, Mel, we know we people are aware probably that we're a bit scattered. Tell us about where you're
1: located and um, you, what goes on there. I am in Sydney, mm. born and bred in Sydney. I did do a year living in New Zealand, which I absolutely loved. I uh, would move back there, but uh, earthquakes, I was in a couple of big earthquakes. I'm not keen to go back there. So, mm. yes, I'm in Sydney. Uh, although looking to relocate to South Australia. Um, but, yeah, I'm in the big smoke. Very um, interestingly, though, businesses here have the same challenges that, um, that they do anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. I have had the opportunity to travel around Australia, New Zealand and other parts of the world uh, for work. And, uh, you know, some of the trade guys that I'm working with are already in Ladies with Tradies uh, still have the same challenges, Mm. as my guys do up here
0: yeah so tell us a bit about the the landscape what do you what do you notice about tradie businesses and and where they need a little bit of a leg up
1: look don't want to sound like a broken record here kate but it's all time team and money Mm -hmm. it's all you know working busting their backsides working these crazy hours uh you know challenges with their team uh not understanding their numbers it's it's pardon me. It's yeah, time team and money every every time.
0: And what do you see the, the impacts of not having you know not having those things under control to be?
1: Sorry, some of the challenges. The, the impacts that oh, the the impact. impacts. Well, when it comes to time, a, a lot of a lot of my clients have young families.
0: Mm.
1: Um, you know, some are you know starting out. You know, first babies on the way, which is very exciting. Um, but they're they're it's like they're married to their job. Mm. They they don't or to their business, and they're missing out on the some of the best times of their lives of, of their families' lives. Mm. Um, you know, I've got. Um, one client who has really amazing turnover, um, his wife is in a really high corporate job. She's a director of an insurance company. Um, financially, they're laughing, but the hours that they're both putting in, they've got two nannies, and they're not spending the time with their family like what's the point of it all like mm-hmm. if, you, if you, you work you know you're working you're busting your backside and the thing is is that and we are working on it in getting the systems in place and, and the right team in place so that he can can step back more and he's already started picking the kids up one day a week from school and, and spending the afternoon with them but it's almost this mindset of that's the way it's done so I, it, it has to be done this way mm-hmm. it's, it's if, if they're not seen as putting the hours in, then they're not seen as successful. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm more interested in how much money's in the bank. That's success to me and having time with your family. Who cares what other people, you know, perceive you, you as? And a lot of the time, the time and the hours that they're putting into their business is not that productive because it's this whole, oh, you have to work nine to five or you have to work these hours and you have to do this because some men how many years ago said, oh, right, the working week is, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of the time the guys are just fluffing around um, when they could be like knocking off early and taking the boat out or whatever get they enjoy. Yeah, so- absolutely. So
0: it, it sounds like you get quite excited Mel about
1: helping people work through that (laughs) do you think (laughs) I just things don't have to be that hard Mm -hmm. you know and I'm just and I guess it goes back to me leaving school in year 10 you don't have to do things the way that you know you it's society um tells you that you have to do things it's probably why I do the things that I do because I like to be a bit different and prove that hey, you don't have to do it that way.
0: Love that. So thinking outside of the square and and breaking some of the I, I think the stereotype that you sort of touched on there of the tradie. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree, and I you know I feel like some of this comes back to that um, eight 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 day. You know eight hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of rest and the prescriptive nature of that kind of uh, day, I guess. And however, tradies take that to the extreme. It's like, how about I do 12 hours of work and then I'll after that on a weekend i'll i'll do i'll have a day where i'll do six hours of work on a Saturday, and then i'll go and have fun for 10 hours and i'll rest for three <laughs> all right you know i and they go into this um extreme you know everything's at extremes working their ass off and then they will drop everything when they're exhausted but only when they get to that point and, and that's the really sad and hard thing that we're sort of trying to break the mould with, I suppose, aren't we, in think a little bit differently about it.
1: It doesn't have to be that way. So, yeah, it's the whole good bloke syndrome that we talk about all the time. Mm. They can't say no to people. Mm-hmm. Turn the bloody phone off. You're finished for the day. You know, you can call someone back. It is okay to not answer your phone at 8 o'clock at night to a client because yeah. that's your time.
0: And they are, it's because they're such good humans and that's why we love working with them is they're just such tradies are made of gold. They are just wonderful humans. Um, so perhaps we, I might get you to talk to that a little bit. What, do, what are you? What is it about helping these people that attracts you to working with us?
1: I think it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier, that it doesn't have to be that hard. Mm. Um, you know, the tradies are real people Mm. you know and that's i think i I really noticed that because having grown up in the corporate world where you're just working to what the person above you wants you to do uh, and they're just working to what the person above them does and you've got someone waiting in the wings who wants your job as soon as you stuff Mm. up or move on whatever that looks like um tradies are real people you know and their families are, are invested in the business and um, you know, I I want people to have the life that they desire. I want them to have the income that they desire. I want them to have the, the work balance, the time with their family. The, I love to travel. I absolutely love to travel. So I want people to have the ability to, to travel, you know, whether that's, you know, taking a month off and travelling around Australia or you might want longer than a month to do that, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, have, having having a Monday, a Friday, Monday off, and having those regular long weekends, you can have that, mm. and so it's really uh, and that that was also one of the desires for me to get out of corporate and run my own business. And if and I've been able to to nail that, um, I now want to help others um, to nail that, and I love working with the trades because, uh, like I said, they're real. I see a bit about, a bit of me in them as well because I want to help people as much as they want to help people.
0: Love it. That's beautiful. So, Mel, tell us, uh, you know, we've been talking about all the glossy parts, but, you know, we do have a few cock-ups along the way in business. Tell us about one of your greatest boo-boos or cock-ups and you, what did you learn from that?
1: <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have them. We're business owners at the end of the day. <laughs> Look. I it, yeah, I can say which one. I've had many stuff-ups along the way, but I also am a really true believer and learnt very early on that everything happens for a reason mm. and you just, uh, as long as you're learning from those cock-ups along the way, um, then it's really not a stuff-up because you're learning from it. But my number one was when I purchased my business, I put too much what word do I want to use? I put too much, I um, don't want to say trust, but responsibility into one of the staff members that was there. That it was, and I had this conversation with someone recently. It was, and she, um, it was put to me that I was scared of this staff member. But what I was scared of was that if I had managed her how I should have, and if I'd gotten rid of her, then I would have to be working in the business a lot more. And that's not what I wanted to do. Mm. So I, in hindsight, wish that I had managed her and just had the balls to, to deal with whatever came from it, because you know what? Everything happens for a reason and everything works out. So my reason from that is I've learned from it Yep, um, and would never do it again. And We'll use that experience to help others. And, mate,
0: you're in the right (laughs) game for that because there'll be tradies and ladies out there listening going, oh, my gosh, I feel like she's talking about us right now because we see that very often. It's very common that people are holding on to a staff member that's like the sour grape in the bunch that's really destroying the culture of their business or, you know, not performing, costing them money, And they string it out and and whether it's out of fear like you spoke of that, oh, but if I do that, then I'm going to have to work harder or that, you know, they're worried about unfair dismissal or they don't know how to have a crucial conversation like that. There is legitimate in our industry fear around like managing people properly or and because they're like we're tradies, you know, we're we're not. We haven't done all the leadership and management programs and all that kind of thing to learn these skills. So I think a lot of people relate to that story you just told, Mel.
1: And interestingly, that you say that because I have done all that uh, leadership training and all of that stuff. And guess what? I still messed it up. Mm. So we, yeah, it's we're all <laughs> we're all human at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. And we. Is close to our hearts.
0: And and that you spot on. That's that's our baby, and you don't want to jeopardise that one way or another. Beautiful. I love that. People are going to be like, "Oh my god, that's me." She's been through what I'm going through. Um, so, sort of a bit of a segue. There is, you know, if you could convince a, like tradie business owners of anything, what would the one thing be?
1: Oh, look, I don't want it to sound cliche, cliche because we're coaches, but seriously, get just. Ask, have the balls, and ask for help, and step up, and um, you know, get some coaching. Whether it's you know just a a program, one to one, whatever it is. But I wish that I'd taken on a coach in my first business, mm-hmm. uh, and just yeah, just get get some coaching, get some support, and and because the thing with coaching is when we don't tell people what to do. Mm everyone's got it inside them we just lead them to to making the decision that is right for them and to learn themselves uh we'll help along the way and we'll share our experiences and um but it's ultimately up to to the tradie to make the and and lady to to make the decisions but you know and, and an example of that is the finance side of things i absolutely was useless at numbers before I went into my own business got to be better at it but my god what I have learned about numbers since coming to ladies with tradies from Josie she, she's just made it so simple and it, it it just makes so much sense so that sense and I just um yeah that would be my number one recommendation for any trades out there listening that might be sitting on the fence you know step up and there's lots of coaches out there
0: because mm. um, you know. we're
1: not everyone's flavor, we know that
0: Mel. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But absolutely. just get bloody help from anyone. And we've got we're well connected in that space too, aren't we? So we we've, we've know plenty of people that are polar opposites to us and um, all different types of personalities. And for us, and and you will, I know you echo this. It's just get help from somebody. That's all yep. we want is just ask somebody, anybody. Paid or unpaid, just take the first step, hey?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so we've had a good chat here. I'm really grateful for that. And I know that the listeners will have gotten uh, a really good insight into you and who you are and what you're about. And for me, um, it was definitely a no-brainer bringing Mel into the team. She fits culturally beautifully. She's got the same values as us. Very honest, very trustworthy, loads of fun. That's the big one. You have to be fun. Um, what you don't know about Mel, Mel's mad on Bathurst. This makes me <laughs> giggle. Tell us about your madness about Bathurst,
1: Mel. What is this about? <laughs> it does help that my friends live um, on the track between turns two and three. So, wow. um, yeah, I I do love my car races and i uh, what I love Bathurst because it's a really long race and there's a lot of strategy involved. Mm. And I guess that comes back to me in my, you know, my business mind is I love strategy and I love all that, you know, planning and, and things like that. But, yeah, we just, we got up there um, each week. Oh, what is it? Usually the second weekend in October. Um, and we don't leave the place. Mm. <laughs> we, we get there Friday, we leave Monday morning. And I just love it. The sound of the cars, the racing and I've gotten my kids into it. We took them up this year for the first time and they just love it. And for my 40th, my friends from Bathurst bought me a um, a platinum membership with Red Bull and I got a hot lap with Jamie Winkup, which I
0: Whoa.
1: love, 250 Ks an hour into turn one at Sydney uh, Motorsport Park, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a boat. I'm dead set bogan that weekend. I love it. Ugg boots <laughs> at the fence, you know, it's great.
0: You can't be totally bogan. I did see you with a glass of champagne, a Bathurst this weekend. Like that's... That's Bogan with a bit of touch of class.
1: So we actually have a um a ritual that we have a well the rule was you have to have your first alcoholic alcoholic drink before the first car goes around the track. And I think they open about 7 30 AM. <laughs> um and we yeah, always open- that, that's Bogan now. <laughs> <laughs> we always open the bottle of Verve um where, for the driver's parade. So yeah. And there's usually a couple of bottles of Verve. So
0: Well, champagne breakfast is a little bit posh. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Mel. Um, We're absolutely, we love having you on board here at Ladies with Tradies and the clients absolutely adore you as well. And all your insights and your personal experience, I think is what's so, so valuable. And I know a lot of people will resonate with where you've come from and where you're going to and that is such a great thing for us to be able to connect with ladies with tradies. So thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you.